Welcome to the Difference of 13 podcast, where we make a difference by doing it differently. All right, um, podcast eight. We're just cranking through these, aren't we? I'm just chilling. I'm going with a new look this week. <laughs> it's it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, I've uh, I was challenged to make the uh, the video more interesting. Yes. So this is about the extent of my imagination. So yeah, it's definitely more interesting. Here you go. I'm not sure I can keep this the same way. The whole yeah, time. I, I'm not sure I can look at you while while you're doing so that. If you're listening to the podcast, you definitely need to go see this on YouTube. I it's, look absolutely ridiculous. It's awesome. So, all right, yeah, I can't do this anymore. No, Sorry. thank you. Not, not that my look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, welcome. We are so excited. We have uh, one of our strength coaches with us. Actually, the strength coach. Yes. Alex. Alex. So, guys. So we're gonna give. Uh, we're going to brag on her a little bit. She's mm-hmm. kind of like the strongest woman around. Uh, yeah. I mean, kind of. I mean, so mm-hmm. North Carolina state champ in, or not state champ, record holder, sorry. State champ, is, I, I apologize. Sorry. Yeah. Please, don't, please, <laughs> yeah. don't deadlift me. please don't hurt us. <laughs> in deadlift and bench press. Um, and she she's joined she joined our team just about a little over a month, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are super excited to have her. She's done amazing things with our programming um great addition yes a lot more and more women are joining our team i know that's I'm, why I'm that's why the team is getting better can't, i can't dispute that but uh, alex <laughs> why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself but today we're talking about mind over matter and so that's why we thought it'd be great to have you on you know being a, you know, a champion a record holder like that there's clearly going to be some mental elements that you've had to overcome and, and push through and uh, we're hoping that you can give some of our listeners some tips on that. But why don't you give us a little background on who you are, how you got here, and um, how the heck is the strongest woman in North Carolina? Why is she training golfers? Yeah, definitely. So I am Alex Casella. I'm from originally upstate New York and um, came down here about three years ago. Um, did the same thing up there that I'm doing down here. Started as a, well, I went to school most of the time up there, but for exercise science. Uh, always wanted to be in the strength coaching realm. Always wanted to train athletes. Uh, played basketball through college, and that was my main niche forever, and it was just my passion. Uh, so ultimately wanted to kind of continue training down that realm, train basketball players. And then just kind of got into all training general athletes. So uh, We got to play one-on-one. I didn't realize. I forgot you were a basketball player. Oh, yeah, player. yeah for sure. Too. Yeah. I haven't played basketball got a, in many years. You've got a little bit of a height advantage on her. That's true. That's true. Everyone a had a height advantage on her, though. <laughs> <laughs> you two have a common. Right? Yeah, for sure. It's all right. It's, so so how did you get into you know, golf? Now, you've got a pretty um, – you know, one of the reasons we hired you is your, your resume and, and your you've gotten to train under some pretty awesome coaches and, and leaders in the mm. sport and performance world. Um, why don't you tell us a little, about those, a little bit about those experiences? Yeah, I've been uh, been to a, quite a few places training under people. Um, when I was in upstate New York, I was at Syracuse University interning under a couple of the strength coaches there for lacrosse and what football. What year were you up there? This was, let's see, it was after I graduated college. So the year, so like 2015, 2014. Okay, my sister actually played lacrosse at. Oh, at really? I, we're learning so much on this. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So she would have graduated in. Yeah, you guys might have overlapped. Were yeah. you there when Gary Gate was there? Uh, was he the coach for the women's lacrosse team? I don't think so. Okay. 
Never mind. That would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was just there for the summer so too. Close. Like working working summer camps okay. and uh working the summer leagues and everything. Cool. Um so after that, like there's Lemoyne College, which is near Syracuse University as well. Uh worked under the strength coach there. Uh learned a ton there as well. And then shortly after that moved down here, uh got into personal training and interned under Mike Young at Athletic Lab close to here, who was also a fantastic coach. Um, so got, yeah, definitely lucky to train under a lot of people and ended up independent contracting as a trainer at a country club. And that's how I kind of got into the, the golf and golf and tennis, uh, got more with the golf and tennis athletes, um, worked for there about eight, nine months. Um, and that was a challenge cause it was definitely different than any kind of athlete I've ever trained. It's mostly like high intensity sports that I'm used to training, like mm-hmm. the football, lacrosse, basketball, um, challenging and different, but, uh, did not hate it at all. Actually really enjoyed it and was kind of surprised to find that I did like it. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a good, it was a good change. And we're, as a trainer, I mean, where have you seen minds, you know, you talk about mental blocks a lot mm-hmm. and, and sports and, and just in health and wellness, you know, where have you encountered that? You've obviously worked with an array of athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, where have you seen those blocks occur? You know, mm-hmm. what sort of strategies in either your, you know, continuing professional development or, mm-hmm. or, or just the strategies that you've seen other coaches use? Mm-hmm. You know, what sort of stuff, you know, sticks out to your mind? I think on the top couple of things that you've done that have been off, like successful. Yeah, all over the place. I mean, m- mindset is huge, especially for athletes. I mean, you can going to practice or a game having the crappiest day. If your mind's not there, you're not going to perform. Um, so I've seen a lot of athletes use things such as meditation or just their own their own routine kind of to hype themselves up, get themselves in that mindset. Um, I know for myself, I'm the same. Like, if my mindset's not there, it's you're not going to have the best day of training. Um, <clears throat> it's great to kind of see how different athletes cope with it. Um, it's just for like general population too. training, just like weight loss clients. Like, I think it's more accountability that really keeps their mindset going as a personal trainer, having someone to go to every day. Um, the people that you're around on a daily basis, I think has the most impact on your mindset as an athlete or general, just weight loss Mm -hmm. person. Um, they say like, you're the average of the five closest people you hang out with or something i think that has a big thing to do with people's attitudes and mindsets on a day-to-day basis um so i've seen a lot of people who are just because they train with a trainer they have that accountability they're ready to go they have a bad day but they come in and their mm-hmm. their mindset's there because they know they have those people around them who are pushing them supporting them and that helps with their mindset helps with their training helps with their performance about you know, obviously the stellar athlete that you are. Yes. Maybe you can, maybe you can speak to those who are not as athletically gifted as you. Um, but yeah. like you know, we're I think mental blocks apply across all age groups, across mm-hmm. all sports, you know, business, um, you know, even just parenting. Um, and mindset is just huge in terms of being happy. Um, you know, I think uh, you know, talking about I don't know. What was it called out of the book flow flow yes uh, and just kind of the you know, the keys to being happy the prerequisites for being happy yeah what I mean, what sort of in your experience in life or people you've dealt with um, 
where have you seen mindset play an important role? Well, I mean, in everything really, and that that whole idea of what's going to a lot of the book of flow is about what's going to make me happy. Um, some people think it's you know when I get that next promotion, when I get the Gucci handbag, you know, and it gets down to it's not those things. It's really it's something that comes from within and. So you can have people who are living very meagerly and they're incredibly happy because it's just, it's a mindset. It's a way of thinking of, I'm still here, I'm still alive, so that's good. And the thought of the Gucci handbag doesn't even register with them. Um, and that's why you have like all these super wealthy people who end up you know very unhappy with their lives because they keep chasing that next thing that might be the key to happiness when it's really how you look at things. I can't, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the author's name. But, no, um, um, we'll put it in the notes because it's very long and. Yeah, so we'll put the link yeah. in the notes. Uh, actually, actually I've listened to it on Audible. Um, that's, if you, guys, if you guys listen to audiobooks, it's a great one to listen to. Um, but let's, so let's jump into kind of your training and you know, your, your path as it were to Becoming the strongest woman in North Carolina. You know, you know yeah. what? Uh, you know, <laughs> what challenges did you have? How did mm -hmm. you overcome them? Uh, you know, tell us, take us on that journey. Yeah. So after the collegiate basketball experience, which was great, um, you know, obviously I wasn't going off to the WNBA or anything. So, <laughs> but I stayed competitive. At and five three, that wasn't an yeah, option. You know, five four. Five four. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> With shoes. An inch. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, but I've always been competitive by nature and losing basketball, losing that competition was really hard. So it was kind of, I still stayed in the gym, um, was introduced to powerlifting by the people I was just training with, mm -hmm. um, was naturally pretty good at it. I've just always been pretty strong, always been built genetically. Mm -hmm. And um, so started to fall in love with that, um, worked on it for three years very consistently uh I broke a couple of records in New York like the first time I competed which was very motivating and kept my mindset really strong and wanting more so your uh, first your first ever competition you just set records yeah as a junior a junior in New York yeah so like I said that was just like oh I, maybe I'm I can be really good at this so that's awesome uh going along with mindset uh I think when you have that passion, that that fire was kind of lit under my butt, and I had a passion for it to be the best. So uh, that kept me training, and it made me happy too. Like I love the people I was training with. I love the feeling of getting stronger. Um, I didn't really know from New York to North Carolina at that time. I didn't know where I was going to go. Um, so stress and anxiety but lifting really had a lot to do with helping me overcome that and make decisions on where I wanted to take my life so I think when you really have a passion for something and see it through it can help you in all aspects of life mm -hmm. um, so came down here stayed competing um, probably since I've been down here I've gotten the strongest um, from just in the past two years I've been on more on my total than I ever have um, and it's just training to me is if I make it the the most challenging, hardest part of my day and keep that mindset like everything else, it, it helps with it, helps make it seem easy. Uh, every other stress because training is a stress, right? So 
when you overcome stress in training, you, it helps me overcome stress in life. And that's how I really see it. You get that sense of accomplishment. Like if I can do, if I can lift, I don't know how much you lift, but big, heavy things. Both, yeah. Both five U's. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of me. <laughs> um, you know, if I can lift these big, heavy things, well, then that problem at work is not such a big problem. I can manage that too. Exactly. It's, that kind of success breeds more success. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, if I can, if I can squat 300 pounds on my back, I, I can overcome this stress that I have at home in life. Mm -hmm. Like I very much relate stress in life to stress in training and how it's very metaphoric and how if you overcome mm -hmm. uh, that stress, you can overcome anything. Well, I think, you know, like you're saying about parenting, I, I think that's an important lesson to teach our children is that you need to let them struggle with some things and have that sense of success, something, you know, that I worked for it. And they're going to stumble and fall, sometimes literally, um, along the way. But that's okay. It's better to do those things while they're little and sort of build that resilience mm -hmm. of, I worked hard, I failed a little bit, but I kept going, and now I've achieved some success. Yeah. If I can do that with, you know, learning how to ride a bike and I scrape my knee and I live to tell about it, then as they get older, those challenges can be bigger and they're better able to handle those. But if we shelter them from every trauma mm -hmm. then they they never learn yeah well, that's one of the biggest things i see in training with our kids I mean, obviously we train golfers so mm -hmm. uh, you know we have some families and kids that are pretty well off and i think you probably see it a little bit more so in that demographic but mm -hmm. you know these just these sheltered kids that you know god forbid anything bad happened to them um and it's like like no let right let them, let them get let them screw up like, yeah like why like yeah like yeah you know, it's like mom and dad back up right yeah <laughs> let the kid mm -hmm. go shoot you know a million over par. Um, mm -hmm. let, let them just get you know, dragged up and down the up and down the yeah. course. Um, you know, let them you know work their butt off. And, and I think the people that you see that struggle with that mindset, they do not end up being elite athletes. Mm -hmm. They don't end up being super super successful in the business world or just in life. Right. Because they're not taught that being uncomfortable is okay. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think that when we talk about flow, I think you know a true flow experience, sort of what you're experiencing mm -hmm. with when you lift is. You get so immersed in it. The challenge mm -hmm. of that is equivalent to you and your abilities. Mm -hmm. And you struggle and you basically, you kind of lose yourself. You lose a sense of time in that moment. But then when you come out of it, you actually mm -hmm. gain a better sense of who you are and what you can do. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's actually one of the tests I do with our kids when they're new. And I'll just put a bunch of weight on sleds. Mm -hmm. and I'll put a heavy sled and a light sled. Mm -hmm. And I'll just tell them, push the heavy one down, sprint the light one back. Mm -hmm. And just tell them to keep doing it and just see when they, when they fail. And I will tell you, the greatest players that I have will not stop until I tell them. Like they are literally pushing it on their knees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but the soft, you know, the softies, for lack of a better term, I mean, they, you know, they do too, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, this is so hard, I can't right. do it." Yeah. Um, and that's that to me tells me what kind of athlete and what type of person mm -hmm. am I dealing with. And I think there's definitely a very close relationship. I don't know what the statistically if there's a direct relationship, mm -hmm. but there certainly is a a trend where the kids that are sheltered and kind of mm -hmm. mom and dad cut, take care of every mistake that they make. They mm -hmm. try to mm -hmm. fix every problem that the kid mm -hmm. has. Those are the kids that quit quickly. Mm -hmm. The kids that have had to fight for it, that have, that they're right. the kids that rise to mm -hmm. the cream of the crop. Yeah. yeah. When, when my kids were in school, a um, teacher gave some of the best advice I'd ever heard. Um, she said, especially like, you know, upper elementary school, middle school, when the kids pretty much have a good sense of like, okay, I'm fairly smart. I'm, I'm good at school. Um, if they're struggling in a class, let them fail. 
because then they will learn from that. Like, first off, I'm not the smartest kid in class. I can fail, but I can also recover from failure mm -hmm. because newsflash, middle school grades don't count. Nobody cares. Nobody's ever going to see those grades. They will live to tell the story. Yeah, how many parents go in complaining and fighting Right, and you know, arguing. they got an A minus. Mm -hmm. Can't you bump it up to an A? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, can I yeah. better to do? No. <laughs> you know, if they don't get that project done and they fail that project, they will live and they will learn. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's important to experience failure and know that it's okay um, because and then they'll learn when they do succeed how a how good that's going to feel mm -hmm. know that they can overcome that failure it's an important lesson to learn especially when yeah. you're young and the kids coming in here that builds the mental toughness you know, for sure. well, i think you know talking from a business perspective if you don't fail you know what are you doing like yeah, you exactly. have to fail and I think it's important mm -hmm. to teach them how to fail right right you fail forward you learn from it and I, mm -hmm. I just had this conversation with with Ted the other the other week of you know a new therapist with us um, Bobby who will be on very shortly yes yay uh, Bobby and you know but talking about you know they're from an experience wise they haven't been PTs as long and even me I've been a PT 10 years at this point I still screw up and I'm gonna mess so you know I'm gonna miss mm -hmm. something or um, and that's just a part of being a professional. Mm -hmm. As me as a therapist, I'm going to miss stuff. As a strength coach, mm -hmm. you're going to screw something up at some mm -hmm. point. Um, you're going to forget to bill somebody. Or, or bill them the, the wrong amount. <laughs> um, but as long as we can take that mistake and learn from it mm -hmm. and say, okay, I'm not going to miss the next one. Or I'm going to build a system so I don't build, build the wrong amount. Or, right. Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may be, I think that's the single most important thing that we can teach mm -hmm. somebody. And I think that when right. we talk about mind over matter, it's knowing that I'm going to fail seven, eight, nine, ten times, mm -hmm. but those are stepping stones. Right. Yeah. I don't know who said it. It was like, I've failed every single day in my life, and that's why I've succeeded. So, yeah, that's yeah. a phenomenal quote. Yeah. 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 Well, I would always, when one of my boys would get, or students that I worked with, they'd get upset, you know, like, oh, I'm going to fail this class, or, you know, I'm going to fail this test. And I would always ask them, what, if you, let's say you do fail. What is going to happen? Well, I might have to retake the class. I might have to do this. I might have to do it. Okay, are you, you're going to still live. You're going to still go on. You know, you have options. Even if you, fa even if you fail out of school, you still have options. And you have to recognize that, that unless you die, you can still go on. So you just, you can't let it get in your head because then you will fail. And have a plan for, you know, what happens if I fail out of school. Well, I think uh, Sissy had given us a pretty interesting study she found. Uh, I think it just speaks to the power of the mind and, and kind of having the right mindset. Uh, it was a scientist, a researcher, a psychologist, Harvard psychologist, Ellen Langer. She did an experiment on a group of predominantly overweight uh, hotel maids, uh, and they were kind of you know, judged by their activity levels. They should have been relatively thin and healthy because they're walking all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, but what she found is that 67% of the maids uh, felt like they didn't do any type of exercise. Um, so her prediction in the study was that their perceptions were hampering their weight loss. Uh, so what she did is uh, she took half of the maids and in addition to taking their physical measurements, she explained that through their cleaning work, they were exceeding the Surgeon General's definition of an active lifestyle. Uh, and then the other half of the maids, they took their measurements, but they didn't give them any information. Mm -hmm. Um, so four weeks later, a month later, uh, Langer basically returned to the hotel and reevaluated the maids. And what they found was pretty amazing. Um, she found that oh, there was an overall decrease in blood pressure, 
weight and waist to hip ratio in the educated group uh, versus the other group had no significant physical changes. Um, so that's very interesting. Yeah. So I guess there's some dispute that some suspect that the mere discussion of exercise somehow altered the woman's behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, but Langer said there was no indication that any of the maids modified their routines and she felt the results were due simply to the change in mindset. So, mm -hmm. uh, I never, I haven't read the study. I don't know the, I'm sure somebody listening out there knows the validity of that right. and, and all that, but I think that's just a cool kind of thought that the way you think and perceive yourself, you know, I, I mean, certainly I know, you know, if you think of talk about the science and the chemicals and the more stressed you are and the more you know, mm -hmm. cortisol levels are going up mm -hmm. and that's going to decrease your ability from a body composition standpoint to build more lean mass. And, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Alex? That's very powerful. And I think it's true. I've seen studies like that before, just kind of giving people that thought, that mindset. Um, releases more of those hormones and just kind of creates a better habit for them, helps them. It's usually habits that people have the hardest time with and it's really just kind of changing that mindset to change the habit and I feel like that's a huge part um, of, of doing that. So I, I wonder if when they were told, hey, the work that you're doing every day is exercise, mm -hmm. you know, what you're doing is good for your body. It, mm -hmm. It's like running, you know, laps or whatever. If they s started putting a little more kind like of effort into, effort it. into yeah. you know, and you know, you stand up a little like, hey, I am mm -hmm. working hard. I, I am doing good stuff. And you kind of stand up a little taller. You might lift things a little more enthusiastically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wonder if that Mm -hmm. possibly played into it a little bit. I mean, certainly there's, I mean, the, there's been lots of studies about the power postures and, and the mm -hmm. changes in chemical levels mm -hmm. that gives you, you know, before you go into an interview and mm -hmm. you know, sitting up tall, kind of puffing your chest out, you know, doing mm -hmm. those posturings. And I try to yeah. sit up tall. <laughs> we all kind of adjusted ourselves. I only got some historic up here. <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, like happier people are also like prone to having like a higher metabolic rate. So things yeah. like that can like little things that can take you to yeah. account like that. Yeah. Well, I know with, you know, having multiple surgeries, there's times where I wasn't allowed to do a whole lot. And the inclination is definitely to sit in bed in my jammies all day and watch Netflix because doesn't that sound like fun? But I always forced myself to get up every day, take a shower, put on clothes and at least get up and walk around multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't exercise. I was still very limited in my activity, but I didn't feel like a patient. I didn't feel like I was just laying in bed all day. And I think that made a difference in recovery. Definitely. When I can speak you know, to my recovery after the open heart surgery, I think uh, you know, I, I dealt with some depression afterwards. Cardiac depression is pretty normal, uh, particularly for younger guys uh, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, surprise, but, surprise. Uh, but you know, I think the mindset then was, you know, I'm a victim, like what mm -hmm. the heck, you know, this is not what they told me it was going to be. Um, and until I kind of made that conscious decision to, all right, you know, enough complaining, as my wife says, get out of the wallow pool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And kind of, you know, all right, I'm going to go exercise. And even if yeah. that means uh, right now I can't do my normal workout, but I can go do mm -hmm. something for 10 minutes and, um, and then that 10 minutes turned into 12 and that turned into 20 and, you know, at this point I can do. You know, double where I'll go work out in the morning and then go play speed golf at night and right. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, I think kind of making those incremental changes and in, in that mindset that 
I am empowered to do what I want to do and forcing. Mm-hmm. I think I think forcing is a is a good yeah. term because sometimes mm-hmm. you do. You have to say mm-hmm. get your butt out of bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Go take a shower, yeah. put on real clothes, mm-hmm. get out of your pajamas. And it really it, it, the days where you stay in your jammies all day, you, you just you feel like a slug. You yeah. feel like you can't do anything, but if you force yourself to get up and don't lay in the bed, go lay on the sofa. At least it's a change of venue. It's not where you sleep. Right. Well, I think it was interesting to me in the, the book Flow, we talked about you could even make watching TV a flow activity. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually talks about you know, TV in itself. We think about we work all day, we get home, we're tired, we just want to sit and relax and mm-hmm. let our brain shut off. And then actually happier people go home and they have something that puts them or produces that flow state, whether mm-hmm. it be sewing or uh, doing yard work or something that just they kind of kind of lose themselves in. Mm-hmm. That most people after the first half hour on TV, you're just you're bored. You're on your phone. You're doing other things. Right. You're just, um, but you know if you're watching a, a say a crime show or a, a drama, and you can kind of actively engage with that, and you're mm-hmm. trying to say, okay, well, who's this person going to be? If it's a mystery, or um, that you can you know, to a degree find a, a sort of state of flow. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to be engaged and active in everything you do, otherwise, yeah, you feel like a slug. You feel like a waste of life. And, yeah. yeah. And then it just perpetuates itself. Exactly. Because then you wake up the next morning like, oh, yeah. I didn't It's do just a habit at yeah. that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. So, any other uh, no, words of wisdom? Of I think we need to wrap this one up. Though it's an interesting topic, I think we it's worth revisiting definitely. again. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think we'll definitely get into, at some point, kind of our, uh, we can talk about our horror stories of mindsets after surgeries. Yes. And, yeah. I think we talk about that. Uh, yeah, that, that's for another episode. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but uh, stay tuned next week, guys. We have a huge announcement coming up. Um, we are doing something big as a as a company and as a business, yes. and um, we all know, and you don't. So you have to tune in next week. But um, like I said, as always, five stars five. on on uh, SoundCloud, on iTunes, mm-hmm. wherever you're listening. Uh, thumbs up, so Terry doesn't get sad. Uh, I'm going to continue to use that. <laughs> and uh, anything else? I mean, yeah. we'll have uh, in the notes. We will have uh, links to the book Flow. Um, we will have. We'll link up the the study here um, about the maids, as well as uh, we can put the study in about the power postures. That's um. So I think right. there's actually a TED talk on that. That's very mm-hmm. interesting to watch too. Okay, wrap it up. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> bye guys. See you next week. Bye.